Welcome back everyone to another episode on Lifton Livecast and today I'm really excited for this episode. We have a guest on, uh, my good friend Immy, uh, who I have had on before to discuss lots of juicy and interesting things. Uh, but today's episode, we have got her on to come on as a therapist uh, to help talk through all things emotional eating, eating disorders and how that ties in with what seems to go on in those crazy little brains of ours um, when it comes to how we deal with food and nutrition and I just thought these subjects were such a great thing to cover from her side as a therapist and my side as a nutritionist to come together and just see if we can have a bit of an open discussion um, about how we view some of these things. So I hope that there's some value in here for some people um, and that there's some takeaway points here. Uh, By no means is I think this is a discussion that we could have honestly gone on for hours and hours and hours. So it is a long one. Save it for a long walk, save it for a long drive. Uh, But yeah, I hope that there is some good takeaway points. Uh, So yeah, enjoy today's episode. Emotional eating. Um, My opinion on this has massively changed. Um, I, I, I I think when I first started coaching, I was very much of the opinion of like, emotional eating is something we need to stop like it doesn't have a place yeah like if you are using emotion like you if you if you are using eating as like a vice for your emotion like there there is no place Mm -hmm. and we need to find out a, a way away from that my opinion now is very much like emotional eating has it's okay to use it as a tool as long as it's not your only tool. Right. And I guess, like, I want to kind of, like, go into talking about, uh, which I think would be a nice place to start, talking about, like, using uh, both distraction techniques. Mm. So this was something I always used to say. So it's like, I, okay, you need to find something to distract yourself. So if you if you find yourself, like, you're wanting to go and eat and you feel like you shouldn't, find some way of, like, distracting yourself, doing something else, like, try and always come away from giving in to the thing right. which is the eating so like i don't know do you hold like a similar do you hold a similar view with that in terms of like do you believe that it's it's okay to use it as a as a vice i guess in terms of self soothing of emotions yeah i mean i think i i think i tend to agree with you on that i think um it's and like you, I think I've come from a place where um, I probably pre like any of my training and even kind of personal sort of thoughts about myself and how I might use emotional eating, thought of it as a bad thing mm. at some point. Um, and now I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of people that mm. that might be their go-to. Um, but as you said, if it's causing that person distress, then yeah, it's probably not great if that's your only tool because it's causing you distress and there's something there about that that um, that isn't sitting with whoever is the person who's doing the emotional eating. If they're saying this is, doesn't feel right, then having other tools definitely seems like a good thing. Um, yeah, I'm interested. What made you change your mind? Oh. And it might not just be one thing. 
What did make me change my mind? Probably coming away of just my general way of thinking about everything now. Yes, yeah. More, the more and more I go into not just nutrition, but like everything, coming away from black and white thinking. Yeah. That it's like, no, like, there's there's so much grey. <laughs> yeah. And like, actually, that is the better approach more often than not than yeah. just being like, no, like, this is not the approach we should have and we should like try and avoid it and all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think probably, yeah, just being like, there's so many, there's so many ways to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and and if if some, some I, I don't know, I think it's a really difficult one because... I guess a lot of people who struggle with emotional eating, which let's be honest, is most people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mm, mm, does that, is that even there in itself saying struggling with emotional eating from that point? Seeing it as something that you go, okay, well actually that's making it already a negative thing mm. and saying that it shouldn't be ever something that we can use as a place to soothe self-soothe our emotion um and just go I, I don't know I mean everything has context doesn't it yeah so. and I think I would always I like from my perspective I would always look at the person who is coming in are mm. they using the word struggling and they oh, saying okay. it's a struggle for me yeah. um if I was someone objectively looking in and thinking oh all you're doing is emotionally eating you shouldn't be doing that that's my yeah. that's me putting that on that, that person is not asking me to to, to support with that and they're not saying it's a problem um that's not to say that it would never be appropriate to sort of make a link there if someone was doing something that seemed to be self-destructive or and i'm not saying emotional eating is self-destructive but a behavior that didn't seem to be leading them into a way that felt comfortable for them but they weren't recognizing it um but generally i would tend to go with if, if it feels like a struggle for the person mm. then it's obviously not something that is serving them in the way they wanted to but I do think part of that is also like probably the same reason that you and I thought that it should never be yeah in the first place it's like a societal thing isn't it yeah. who thinks emotional eating is a good thing in our society not many people mm. would say that so it's kind of a yeah interjected value something that we've learnt to yes but yeah, I would take it from the lead of the person if they say I am struggling with this and I don't want this to be the only way that I'm dealing with things. Then yeah, yeah, and actually, I would say like oh, it's it's very intuitive, isn't it? And you you know, I guess you know whether it's something that you you know whether you struggle with. But again, my uh, I don't know. Like my. I think if I was in the same position that I am in now mm. in terms of my relationship with food, which I generally see as a hell of a lot better than it ever used to be, yeah. my behaviours right now compared to what they, like, if let, let's say my behaviours now were the same now as they were 10 years ago, but my mindset's very different in how I approach it. So 10 years ago, let's say I had exactly the same behaviours I did now, I would have been very critical Mm. of like the way that I approached any emotional eating yes. so every, it all would have been negative I all would have seen it as like this is bad very judgmental of myself whereas now if there's a time when I notice that I'm emotionally eating or in stress eating or whatever um I mean this goes down a whole other rabbit hole I guess mm. of just self-awareness uh yeah 
compassion, self-compassion, yeah, like all these yeah. kind of things, which is hugely intertwined, in my opinion, with all of this. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's just something that I I know that I've just massively massively changed my opinion on, and as is a big thing that I generally have is giving permission can sometimes you know giving yourself permission to just occasionally have that emotional eat or whatever Mm. just can release so much guilt shame yeah all this kind of stuff and then it doesn't become like a thing (laughs) yes because it's one thing to be um coping with uh whatever you're going through or feeling that your your eating is emotionally driven um and if then you layer that with self-criticism and judgment Mm. and shame it feels like that grows into such a bigger a bigger thing than it need be really (laughs) because really what you're doing when you're emotionally eating from like a sort of if you think about really what it is Mm. like you say it's self-soothing and it's really effective like Mm. there are certain ways that we as human beings self-soothe and one of those is food because food evolutionary wise is safety yeah so you know that is a stress response and or a kind of response to big emotion and so you are all your body is trying to get you to do as far as i'm kind of this is just opinion based really but your body's just trying to make you feel safe in a situation where you probably don't feel very safe Mm. and if you know that doing that is going to help you feel safe then don't if it's possible to not beat yourself up about that mm. and to try and see it even if it's not desirable to you to be doing that i would always encourage people to give themselves a bit of compassion because your body's just doing and your mind are just doing the things that they think are keeping you safe and maybe it's just about finding other ways to stay safe as well yes or other ways to get that message across we're not really in danger right now yeah <laughs> you know yeah and it's like you know i this is it's such a it's such kind of complex issue all round in terms of obviously like you say if you go back to you know we are hardwired to feel safe when we have an abundance of food yeah. and we eat lots you know so that is kind of hardwired in us anyway and then we kind of live in this world where it's just it's easy to find yeah. food and it you know and so there are you know there are these kind of i think it becomes very very complicated from a practical standpoint certainly from my end, like, in terms of actually managing yourself around that. Um, mm-hmm. Because if we... Com- it, it's Again, it's not the black or white thing. No. It's like, there's this bit of us that we're saying, like, yeah, like, you know, if you need to do that, don't have the guilt, don't have the shame, go into it. But it's like, there has to be a bit of a limit somewhere for a lot of people because then they're like well because then I am gonna struggle with continuously emotionally eating that's either gonna cause me issues or like problems or whatever so it's kind of then going okay well where's that line and the problem is is that it's not hard it's not a hard line and it's and I think and this is this is an issue as well in terms of and I know we've had conversations about this before in terms of like um putting that hard line in uh when it's you know used to do with like eating or dieting or whatever because it gives you a sense of putting a ceiling on it Mm. and you're like well if i put that line in 
yeah, I might tip over it a little bit, but it'll stop. If I take that line away, it's just mm-hmm. going to go... A real, yeah, like a fear. And, oh, my God, I'm already struggling with emotional eating. I'm already struggling with my weight. It's yeah. just going to go... If yeah. I take this line away, and actually, at least if I put it there, it puts some sort of a lid on it yeah. to some extent. And actually, but quite often when you take that away, it it often allows people to just take that. It, I don't know. I don't know the like yeah. psychologically why that is, and I'm sure it's not just the same with eating. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's kind of a similar thing with a lot of other like roots of like therapy as well, when people kind of put these kind of walls in against rigid rules I guess or rigid kind of I don't know things that they think are putting a ceiling or a lid on something to stop them I guess a control thing to stop them just going I don't know um yeah and I think um it's it's so like I feel conflicted about it really myself um because I see and have felt my own struggle with kind of where is the line if there's no line that's that's scary it's it's, yeah. it's uncertainty is scary um and kind of having a line having a rule it feels quite safe but equally i know that there are um other therapists who um say uh that i mean there's god there's as many opinions on this i think as there are people <laughs> um, <laughs> but that even just having um a line in there in general your brain kind of knows it so mm. it's like another form of restriction and that's coming from um the binge eating therapist who you um, yes sent me a link to once yeah. she's really brilliant um but i know in the work she does she quite often talks about that if you're even thinking of restriction and even and restriction sounds quite harsh mm. but if you are thinking of restriction your your brain kind of goes into like um I think I've heard her refer to it as like last supper thing uh, mode. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, this this restriction is coming up. So just get it all in because this is the last time I'm ever mm. gonna have this. And then it's kind of encouraging the thing you're trying to you're trying to prevent um, or you're trying to ease. Uh, but equally, I think the reality is that a lot of people do want there to be some sort of line because because of what they think might happen if they go over that line you know what what physiological effects what like how they're going to feel or what that's going to do to their body or whatever um and i think um from a point of view of having a a strict line in terms of yeah i don't it's really difficult i I do feel conflicted about it it's and I think it's it, not just. I mean, I guess you could apply this to like any, not just eating, but like behaviors in general. Like mm. if you feel like you, I, I see it as a bit of like yes, it is restriction, but it's a bit of a control thing as well. It's like yes. we as humans are just like we want control over everything. Um, but I, I I generally, both in myself uh, and people that I know that I've worked with taking the approach of and this is one that came from Martin McDonald who's the nutrition guy yeah. that I did my course with um, and he always says give yourself unconditional permission to eat yes and that's really fucking hard it's a get, challenge like that's yeah. so hard to get your head around yes but it's it's 
it, it, like in my mind I'm like yeah this is yes. this is right this is the way and it's 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 just it's scary it's it it's is. just but as soon as you do that and I'm sure you know I'm sure there are going to be some cases where for some reason they don't you know people don't have that switch that kind of switches off and that goes down a whole nother route of other things but like for most people if it's kind of an emotionally driven thing mm. my thought is yeah I think for most people that does seem to does seem to be but getting to there that's, yeah. that's the difficult bit <laughs> and I think too it's the um there has to be there has to be I don't like to use that phrase ever <laughs> with that I feel like with all, with any approach you're going to take or with any route you're going to go down to try and either support someone through this or if you are the person who's trying to kind of, I don't know, get a handle on or whatever term you'd want to use about your emotional eating, um, what is the emotion trying to get through to you in the first place? What emo- What is the emotion driving this? You know, and can there be any space in between or even afterwards reflectively as to what because this doesn't come out of nowhere Mm. um and sometimes i think there can i think there's space for there to be you know emotional reasons why i'm sure there's like biological reasons why often um lots of different things that can feed into it but like you said it's the self-awareness thing um and that i think that can even if the starting point is just to not try and stop what you're doing but try and become aware of when you're doing it is it happening at a particular time is it like is there something going on around me and that's not you going is there something going on around me because i never gonna let that happen again because then i'll stop because yeah. you can't because life yeah. isn't like that but is there is there something in this that is there a takeaway you know is yeah. there something that i can take from this that will help me to make certain changes in my life if i want to you know and and no one has to but i think the scary thing for people sometimes is that i think often these conversations come alongside body size mm. or body image and often the fear is if i let myself eat whatever i want i'm going to i don't know whatever whatever the fear is about body size body and, and that might not be it but i think often the line mm-hmm. the fi- that's a common fear that comes along with it oh 100% yeah and part of the uncomfortableness and the uncertainty is that that will look different for everybody I imagine Mm. you know like you said some people will have that switch that kind of just goes oh okay now I'm fine and some people will maybe their body shape or size might change one way or the other and that might feel really uncomfortable and that's a bigger thing you know isn't it to 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 deal with um Sorry, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. Yeah, no, no, no. It all feels I, very no, it's, um, did you follow the um, Stephanie Buttermore? Uh, is, that, do I, do I say, is that right who it is? Um, she did All In. You don't know all what I'm in. talking about. No. Um, so she. Um, that Stephanie Buttermore? Yeah, it was. So she was like a. She kind of was like a bit of a fitness model type person. She used mm. to do like lots of like cheat day stuff on like her YouTube. Right. She did like all in. So her all in was, I am going to, and this is where like from a practical point of like, um, I guess from like a, a diet and a nutrition point of view, I mm. think there are different approaches you can take. She went down the intuitive eating route. Yeah. And she was like, I am 
going to give my body whatever it wants. Yeah. This went on for like, I mean, she still does like YouTube videos about it now, but she's like, I'm going to give my body whatever it wants completely intuitively mm. with the idea being that first I like, I need to re, um, I need to regulate my like hunger signals, my yeah. ghrelin, leptin, like, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to put on loads of weight and I'm going to eat whatever I want mm. and I'm going to trust the process. Okay with the idea and she did this and I think it was like a year and I can't even remember how much like weight she put on or whatever mm. and then with the idea that once she has satisfied her body and her mind with this kind of thing she will naturally drop down to her kind of base like level with in terms of appetite mm. in terms of uh, and she did she just kind of came back down um and then just kind of you know fluctuated whatever that's a very like so that really is like uh unconditional permission to eat in yeah. that sense yeah and the intuitive eating world is very um very much uh, and i don't know how much kind of you kind of know about this in terms of like the nutrition and the diet and the fitness world but it's like a lot of people are like oh how do i intu- i want to intuitively eat but i don't want to put on weight it's like no 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 yeah that these are two <laughs> that you have to choose like yeah. and so like I would say like, my journey with nutrition and my relationship with food is long. It's been long, like, of, in, but to get to where I am now and my, my kind of position of unconditional permission to eat, but I still have guidelines. I still have like mm. rules. So then some people might argue, well, that's not really giving yourself, because then if you want to argue, that's like intuitive eating, if that makes sense. So like, but I... I see it from a point of view, um, and I'm not saying like I think I'm not saying one is wrong, wrong or right. I'm just kind of looking at the two different things. My view on kind of um, certainly the way that I've approached it, and I feel again not appropriate for everybody, but can be appropriate for a lot of people, is giving them this empowerment of mm. like unconditional permission to eat, but understanding that not just about food and nutrition, but in life, there's lots of times where we need guidelines and rules and things that we kind of I guess routine consistency with things because whether it's going to work or having a routine in the morning lots of things and I don't personally don't see that as a negative thing Um, again it all goes back to what is your relationship with it yeah and do you see it as like a struggle but um and sorry no 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 I don't want to interrupt you but it's just while it's in my brain and what part what um what areas of your life do you feel you have any room to be free with? Because mm. what I have certainly found for me um, is that, and I think, again, this might be, I just might be taking this from, I've, I've got a little list because I wanted to make sure I credited anything I kind of knew I might draw on today yeah, brilliant. to the right people. I'm sure this might be another Sarah Dosange binge eating therapist thing, but Equally, it's very true for me. I think that's why I've remembered it because it clicked in my brain. If you are the type of person who is, um, it sounds like I'm generalising here, but for me it was true. The kind of person who is rigid with how you show up in the rest of your life. So uh, people can always rely on you to do the thing you should be doing here. You will always be the person you should be be here sort of like people pleasing behaviours. Your high achievers, people pleasers. Yeah, and and people who tend to more so than high achieving people that tend to be living life on other people's terms quite a lot mm, like okay, a yeah. la- like 
then it would make absolute sense to need one place in your life where you are not restricted by those rules. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's like a sort of, like, I think she uses the term rebellion. For me, I kind of think of it like, um, and you will know this of me, it's kind of like my messy bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, I always had a messy bedroom. And as an adult, like, I'd, I'd like to think that the rest of my flat stays relatively tidy, but the bedroom is the part, if, it's, if anywhere's going to go to shit mm. it's the bedroom that's because that's the bit other people don't have to see yeah, apart yeah. from you know my boyfriend but like generally it's like the moniker messy store cupboard because where does all of the, if you are held so tight yeah where does that go yeah and i think everyone has a relationship with food everybody has some relationship yes, to food because yeah. we all have you know we all have to have it in various whatever ways so whilst i totally agree that rules are a part of life and guidelines are a part of life i think if you can acknowledge some of these other areas where you may not feel free Mm. your relationship to food might be able to change a little easier if you've got other areas where you can be a bit freer too might not be the case for everybody but yes which is definitely something we're going to move on to uh in a bit in terms of eating disorders which is going to be a huge one um but yeah, I wanted to kind of like just quickly touch back on again how, well, I guess a few things, but obviously how, like what emotionally like eating is for, like we said, it's like self-soothing or whatever, yeah. or like you're saying, it's like maybe have a look into like why you're doing it, like what is it? And I know like before, like we've talked about it and you've described it and I was like, it makes, it fits so well. It's numbing. Yes. In that moment that you are eating, yes. you switch off yeah like in that whether it's two minutes five minutes whatever mm. you just switch off from like your brain just goes to like a different place um and i mean in my you know as is the answer with everything therapy <laughs> <laughs> which is why this is such a good conversation because i you know in my opinion you know everything you know, in terms of in terms of the combination of therapy and nutritionist here, I think like it's it's kind of covered. But the root is it's yes, there's you know there's practical things that someone like myself as a nutritionist can help you with, mm. and I can help you with the practical side of it, and I can educate you. And absolutely, you know, I know a huge amount about being able to support you um, from that emotional side as well. But I think like the root for so many people if you believe it is something that you seriously struggle with yeah the issue isn't food really yeah. the issue is something else yeah uh, a lot of people don't really want to go down that rabbit hole no because it's hard because, it's yeah, really it's, really it's tough um, it's the same with a lot of things it's like yeah the honestly the the root is something else and if you can do anything and everything to build self-awareness uh it's i think it's just it can just open up so many cool like avenues and like opportunities in your life um to kind of learn more about it uh but yeah i definitely think it's like like a it's a numbing it's a switch off absolutely that people yeah yeah and Um, i think yeah yeah i think it's that's that's probably the case for a lot of kind of i'm putting it in like the little quotation marks but undesirable behaviors that people Mm -hmm. would 
want to get rid of and I don't mean undesirable because I believe they're undesirable I mean people generally want that people generally would say I would like to change this about myself this thing that I do that's normally something that can either make you feel or make you not feel something that you either do or don't want to feel um so I think yeah the numbing effect of of food because it's like it's sensory isn't it it's like engaging everything and so your brain can kind of go oh okay yeah we've got you know we've got this now this is happening this and this is something I know to be safety um but and and for some people the opposite can be true you know the the kind of um and I I don't know how um true this is but I kind of think that in my mind stress um is like something that might be soothed by food and maybe there are other responses where people may not want to eat because it's like that fight or flight response where you're trying not to have anything in your system so you're ready to run away any minute Mm. like and that's not the only reason for these things of making it sound very sort of simplistic but I feel like there's there's some there's a lot of individual reasons why people do or behave the way they do and there are some commonalities that can be helpful to sort of have in your mind and see if it applies to you um but yeah i definitely think like you say it's that that numbing factor is what it makes it so and it's instant you know for a lot of people it's guaranteed this is going to work because it has worked so many times before yeah yeah and it's um it you know it's either the either that and or probably a bit of both it's a dopamine hit like from a kind of physiological point like it's i mean i want to kind of touch on like the addiction like side of it like but like it's I was listening to um one of the Stephen Bartlett um podcasts oh yeah I can't remember who the guest was um but he was talking about um his struggles with like food and stuff and he was just like I'm not gonna like you know sugarcoat it he was just like I it made me happy yeah he was like it genuine like I I like I just felt so happy when I ate yeah like it's as simple as that (laughs) yeah like massive frigging dopamine hit and from and this is where like and this is a particular one that's always like hot in the kind of you know dieting nutrition world whatever is like sugar's addictive and it's like so the word addiction and you can probably touch on this a lot more but like there's like physiological addiction Mm. there's like you know drugs that you and things that your body becomes there's like i guess dependency is maybe the better word like like uh and then there's i mean you can this is probably something you can give me a lot better on but like but addiction from like a point of view of yeah i'm like addicted in terms of like i guess like like it is like it's a dopamine hit Mm. in the same way that people will say you're addicted to social media Mm. because it's that dopamine hit constantly constantly is sugar physiologically addictive no it's not and the argument is always if it was if there was a bag of sugar sat in your cupboard you would be like face planting it right now like it's not cocaine right like it's not it doesn't have that impact on your body Mm. so it's not addictive in that sense um but you know i i would argue there's there's something there like i mean i don't know what you're what your kind of knowledge on like dependencies and addiction is and those kind of things yeah I I mean I think again like it sounds like I sound like a bit of a broken record but there's so many schools of thought on 
on everything yeah <laughs> on everything and I'm still sort of learning where I sit with it but someone that I tend to have quite a lot of respect for is um Gabal Mate do you know Gabal Mate I don't oh Gavel Mate, I'm going to send you so many podcasts. (laughs) Stop But he, he, I believe, was a psychiatrist. He works with um, addiction, substance misuse. I know people prefer different terms. I think the term that was used quite a lot when I was studying was substance misuse. Um, But, and I think, um, in fact, I think I wrote something down that he said, which might be yes I did yes I did um (laughs) he said and I and this is something that I think he the reason I like him is because he has this kind of holistic attitude to everything where he he's one of the things he said about um emotional eating and you know well emotional eating let's say um is that it's a manifestation of a toxic culture like that Mm, because I think a lot a lot of the stuff the problem is the problem is Connie. Many, one one uh, of the problems. Many, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the many problems is that there is a lot of focus, and I do think people should feel empowered to do what they can do. But I think there also has to be a recognition of the world we live in, and we live in a world that breeds this. Yeah, you know, everyone has, and I'm not going to say everyone has an addiction. Everyone has coping strategies, ways of dealing that would be seen by them and maybe others as not the best it's just that some are more socially acceptable than others and some maybe have seemingly larger life consequences than others um but it's the same sort of the same sort of basis is that we are living in a world that kind of promotes this and saying that makes it i don't want that to seem like i'm saying so we should all just give up (laughs) i don't mean that at all but i think I would like to think that that could help people blame themselves a little less when they find it hard to not do these things that they are currently doing. Um, And to have a, like, just to improve self-compassion, because I honestly think that self-compassion can actually lead you to even (laughs) coming to a place of acceptance that may lead you down a path that you didn't think was the one you were going down so maybe the end goal is i want to stop emotional eating and then you become self-compassionate and you don't stop emotional eating but you maybe emotionally eat a little less and when you do you don't beat yourself up for it and maybe that is where you come to rather than this kind of rigid i'm gonna stop because i never want to do that again and actually the realities of the world are sometimes you know, that might be the best way to cope in the situation you're in. That might be you doing the best you can with what you have, which is always, like, what I think people are doing most of the time anyway. Um, I think I've gone a bit off. No, that's... I mean, (laughs) self-compassion is the answer to everything. Self-awareness, self-compassion. Let's all love each other. Compassion for other people. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) This is the answer to everything. If only people realise. And the thing is, it sounds so, like airy fairy oh it, it, it is i think it's becoming a little bit more accepted now yeah like when people was just like oh the answer because i preach it a lot i'm just yeah. like guys like self-compassion self-compassion like when it's to do with like body image or mm. body acceptance it's like nutrition eating self-compassion self-compassion and it's i think it is becoming a little bit but maybe some people still are a little bit like nah i think nah, that's not really the answer yeah. there, is it but do you know i also think that's that's a fear i think because mm. I because I have been like, what is this thing? 
and I've like in my own reflection on like stuff with me I've kind of been like I um have had a perception of myself that people think I'm quite an airy fairy person Mm. um and I think that's probably been true sometimes and I don't the difference in me now to sort of before I started my training was that I no longer believe that I would have taken that from people before and been like, God, here I am just really airy-fairy and I don't know. I have so many like, oh, I never know exactly what I think about things. And actually now that's one of my favourite things about myself. Is that okay? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It is though. And I think, um, where was I going with this? It's just so airy-fairy. It's that that thing of being in the grey, isn't it? And And not the black and white. Totally. And also, that's what I was going to say. It's hard one. Self-compassion isn't airy-fairy, isn't fluffy. It's hard one. It's a hard battle to accept yourself when you are doing things that you don't think or you have been taught are unacceptable Mm -hmm. because of the way that the world views them or the way you've been taught to view them. When actually, like I say, you know, my kind of belief and philosophy is that everyone is is doing the best they can and that can be really hard to hear. And the reason I think it's a fear-based thing for people sometimes when they hear someone say got to accept yourself you've got to love yourself oh and they go oh no that's not it it's got to be something else it's because there's a little bit of uncertainty in that and people like to work in certainty they like to work in the black and white because that is i mean i think we're probably wired that way yeah so you know you can see it in so many examples people want a yes or a no and you probably find it i don't know in your kind of like nutritionist yeah, yeah. stuff and 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 your coaching and your training it's people want a give me the equation that's going to mm-hmm. get me there and you can probably give them something near an equation but then they're an individual person with an individual life and if you yeah. don't acknowledge that all you're going to end up doing is giving someone i'm, I'm imagining t- yeah, correct me yeah. if i'm wrong giving someone an equation that when it doesn't work they think there's something wrong with them yeah and actually it's just because Yes, the equation works, but you have to factor in the messy stuff. Yeah. You have to factor in being a human being. Yeah, otherwise, like, yeah. you know. But that's that kind of... And I think it's very personality-driven as well. It's that whole, like... Um, I guess if you want to... If you want to kind of phrase it that way, it's like... Like you say, it's um, actually finding self-love, self-compassion isn't airy-fairy at all. No. It's like really fucking hard work. And it's like... But it because it kind of sounds like the feminine kind of side of things rather than like the masculine approach, which is like, you know, fixing and doing this and sorting. And I want like an equation and answer. And I I think I always love my favorite um, thing where it kind of has that same same like loop of we're going, okay well, self-compassion is a bit airy fairy, but Mm. actually it's really fucking strong thing to do is um, is and I just it, I remember it stuck in like my like ever since um, is obviously whole Brené Brown's whole approach to, like everything yeah and she's like vulnerability is the most courageous thing yeah. that you could ever do like and like find me an example of where being vulnerable didn't mean being courageous yeah and like courage is seen as like strong masculine <laughs> da, 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 and vulnerability is seen as like weak and the feminine and all this kind of stuff and it's like but you have to put them, yeah. like, you have to go, and I love that, like, I think it's so powerful, um, and it's just, it's just having that mindset switch of what you believe it, it means, but, yeah, I don't know, I think it's, I think it is, it is the, like you say, whether it's, like, body image, or, like, yeah. you know, 
relationship to food or emotional eating like it is just just finding that finding that extra self-compassion I think could just solve so many yeah. problems um and again it's a long it's a long term it's that's yeah. not a short term yeah. fix yeah. yeah 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 because it's so hard one yeah it sounds like well go on just go and accept yourself then oh good great and I can imagine yeah. I can hear like myself of five years ago going <laughs> oh shut up like really <laughs> really that's your answer but like yeah, yeah. It, it kind of is it doesn't and, and the thing is it's the answer and it doesn't solve all the problems yeah yeah like yeah. that doesn't feel very satisfying does it but no. like and i'm saying i think you'll i think coming from you as well like obviously there's elements of our kind of like professional lives coming in but that also i'm just speaking as like what i think this this is just my opinion as a yeah. person oh, rather God, than yeah, as a yeah, yeah. sort of therapist yeah, but yeah. the two intertwine yeah. but yeah it's just person like that's been my experience of life and i know and always like total respect for people whose opinion and thoughts are different but i do think <laughs> there's there is a messiness that people don't want to accept in life that is is there whether we want it or not and the acceptance of it is what makes mm-hmm. everything a bit more bearable. Yes, and as a control freak, trying to get into it, not to being a control freak, <laughs> I can completely get on board with that. Relinquishing control over everything helps a lot. Um, but yeah, so it's... it's No, I really like that kind of, like, like you say, approach in terms of like being, using it as like a an addiction or a vice or a compulsion or whatever like it's like pick you know not to say like we're screwed in this world yeah. but like pick pick which one kind of yes. thing like and it's okay that like you don't have to be perfect in this like and again it's a lot of you know a lot of this is a lot of people trying to be like have this perfectionist mindset and all this yeah. kind of thing it's like you're allowed to have coping mechanisms you're allowed to have things that you feel like are like your vices yeah. or you have like compulsions to do stuff and it's just finding that balance that you can live with with that it's not necessarily about okay let's get rid of it yeah but let's find out okay how we can either just reduce it if if that if that's the goal um or just you know balance it out a little bit um yeah but i know like just in terms of like because i think a lot of people would use the term addiction Mm whether in whatever way you want to describe dependency addiction like whatever a lot of people say i am addicted yes absolutely um and the thing that i you know that makes it really hard is yeah it's not a substance so that you Mm -hmm. can get actually addicted to in that sense but once again people like uh you know a lot of people are all or nothing and you know if you if you have an addiction to something else that you don't rely on to or a dependency on something that you don't rely on to live you can just cut it out you can't do that with food no. you can't you have to eat so like it makes it really really fucking hard, so hard. uh and it's such a to, to to yeah just to bring to change everything in terms of like your relationship certainly in my experience with a lot of my clients and stuff it's just it's a long road like it's a really steady anything it's you know this whether it be habit based mm. whether it be emotionally driven like it's yeah. it's behaviors that you've like built up like over time like it takes like especially if you're digging down like 
you know, whether it be food, like I'm sure like you kind of like deal with like whether it be food that someone's using as their like vice or mm. whether it's something else. Yeah. You've probably used that vice for like a long, a long time. time. Yeah. And it's like really it's really hard then to break that. What's your what's your opinion on using let let's talk about using it as like a vice. Okay. So like a if it just because I feel like that's a broad term, like it's not addiction, it's not whatever. Using food as a vice to like like numb whatever or to deal with your emotional non mm. non resolved emotional issues. What's your opinion um in uh having a vice and replacing it with another vice? Mm, I think my opinion would be... I think I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> I, was just, I just, like, for a I second, I, just, I got into your I... brain. I was like, I'm going to think I know what she's going to say. <laughs> I don't know. I'm afraid now. If I don't no, say no, anything. No, 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 go on. I think I would say it's which... If it feels better for you to... To, if, if one of them is less distressing for you, if one of them affects you less in your life, then okay. But I would still probably think that it would be worth exploring. And and I do believe so much in personal choice. So if you're replacing a vice with another vice, there is something there that's still not being looked at potentially. Mm. Um, and then it's up to you whether that feels comfortable or not. Um, so I'm interested. Yeah, no, is that what you thought I was going to say? Similar sort of like you were going to be like, well, it depends whether you see it as a negative thing or not. Well, it is true. It's true because a vice is subjective. It's completely, and it's dependent on your relationship. Even the word vice is like the connotation is like. Whereas if you said, um, as a de-stressor, or you know, something as a de-stressor, or yeah, yeah. but but I do think it 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 does depend, and it depends what your goal like. Because obviously it's not quite common that a lot of people like say like not so much now because do people even smoke now? But like <laughs> people stopped smoking, yeah. they started eating. Yes, and that became like they were like, oh, it's like I needed to fill it with like something, um, and I just I, this just uh, something that I remember Freddie having a conversation with my uncle about who does like work with like drug yeah. um, recovery and stuff like that, and his opinion on and that's a bit different because that is substance abuse. So yeah. like. And his his opinion of like, I don't think because he was having a conversation with Freddie about smoking and then uh, vaping. Right. And he was like, oh, I don't think you should be filling with a vice with another vice. Mm. And I was like, ah, okay, like, and it just got I don't know, it just got me thinking because yeah. obviously there is again there is that crossover of like physiological dependency versus yeah. like those kind of other things. But from a behavioural point of view, if we go down that route, let's say yeah. it's a, like a behavioural whatever, there are plenty of plenty of behaviours. Yeah again air quotes unhealthy behaviors mm-hmm. that you could replace eating with and with that and then again it's like at what point does that become like i don't know i don't know i think it's a and i i, I fully think it depends on what the impact that is having in the person's life like mm, and yeah. how they f- I mean, most importantly how they feel about it like obviously I say most importantly obviously if they're like causing harm to other people yeah. or that's a whole other issue but if you're talking about the difference between um, eating and scrolling on what are the kids using these days <laughs> on the TikTok <laughs> I don't know like if you're replacing yeah. um, if you're replacing eating with give me another 
if you're replacing eating with scrolling on your phone yeah. constantly, I think then if that is not distressing to a person, then it's up to them whether they want to explore deeper. I would, for me, mm. I would... I think there can be there can be a there can be a, an and there can always be an and and yeah. a, a, a both and so you know maybe if someone is wanting to move away from something and then they find themselves fitting it with something else and that's frustrating to them you can move to that other thing and still be exploring what it is that both of these things are doing for you yes like you know yeah. it can be a yeah you don't have to try and oh I'm going to cut everything out because actually if you take someone's coping strategy away from them sometimes and in like i don't know for example um do you put like warnings on your podcast if you talk about kind of like trigger warning yeah i don't know if i've got gone into anything deep enough that's needed yet but okay I, yeah well just a little bit of a warning here trigger warning yeah. skip skip a few seconds yeah, if you don't yeah. want to hear um but quite often they when people talk about self-harm mm. um in my world i've been you know, there's there's a, an opinion that that can be a really risky thing, but actually, if you remove that as a coping strategy for someone, if they are told to stop completely, sometimes that is the thing that is enabling mm. that person to continue with their life as it is. Yeah. And that's not to say that their goal can't be to stop and that you can't support them to, but to just be so black and white about it that you think you can say to someone, this isn't safe, you need to stop. Yeah. With nothing, with no, I don't mean without replacing it with another vice, but without anything to look at what that is serving yeah. in their life, that can be equally as yeah. dangerous, yes. as, as unproductive as whatever you want to use, you know, whatever level of that you're working with. Um, you can cut that bit off if that's too much. But, no, 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 um, no, 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 that's. It's just, and I think that with anything, you know, if you're going to cut something, I, I would like to think, um, that and I think this is something you encourage I feel like I see you encouraging this quite a lot is like what what can you add, like what can you add in like as well yeah. you know rather than constantly thinking about what you need to stop yeah. like I think your terminology would be like finding finding the thing that you're passionate about like rather than focusing on mm. the way you want to look yeah. if you're finding that is hard for you focus yeah. on what you want to lift if what yeah. you want to lift is becoming an obsession focus on how it makes you feel yeah. you know yeah. whatever yeah. the thing is can there be a, a area to add in because sometimes I think when someone's in a position where it feels so difficult to come out of something mm. almost the last thing you want to be constantly told is to focus in on that thing and try and stop it. Like, make the... Like, zoom out. Make yeah. it big, a bigger picture. Like, what else is going on for you in your life that can be good and can be enjoyable and can just be yeah, for fun or can be, you know, a focus? Because quite often, I think, when we're focusing on those things that feel not good, often it becomes a focus and this is speaking like you know personally and kind of from other things I've seen it can be a focusing on that because there doesn't feel like there's much else good going on so it like yeah. there needs to be a focus and these things can become a focus whereas if you add in the good mm. har- you're halving that focus or you're you know <laughs> taking yeah. a little bit of it away yeah and if, actually if you're someone that's if you're someone that's you know sad yeah low maybe clinically depressed and mm. let's say eating is your main mechanism mm. like you say if that's the fo- ra- like 
forget that. Forget that yeah. for the moment. Like, just let that get on in the background and just focus on what you can do to perhaps lift your mood, to make yourself, yeah. like, you know, other things. And then by default, this thing might yeah, just kind yeah. of sort itself out. Like, take the take the pressure off a totally. little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think that can be, like, super, super key. Um, and, yes, that's definitely something I always... I'm like, do this, and this will be a byproduct. Ooh. Do this, this will be a byproduct. Like, yes. um, yeah, yeah, no, super. And that... I think that flows in so perfectly because I know we've had conversations about this in terms of uh, the world of eating disorders and something that I know that I'm like very passionate about um, and I get very angry about. (laughs) Uh, And I think like you're saying that thing about taking, I know we've had conversations about that idea of like taking something away Mm. and then not having the support for them afterwards. So we'll kind of go, because this is stuff that we have lots of conversations about. And I think, I guess I'll introduce, because I think a lot of people might not have much understanding. And this is, bearing in mind, I'm going to go in this with the understanding that I have at this current moment. Um, Mm. You know, definitely... um, there might be some areas that I'm not quite correct on this, but I'm going to give it to the best of my knowledge just to give a broad, I think I can give a broad outline or both of us can in terms of how eating disorders are dealt with, uh, certainly in this country. I don't want to speak for any other countries because I don't know. Um, and how personally in my view from someone who works in the fitness industry and like sees it as just, a, a just a pretty bad issue to be honest uh whether it be i mean we're gonna go eating disorders but of course you've got you know you've got the other end of like having a bad relationship with food and disordered eating which there is definitely a difference like let's start with that there is there is a difference between those um but the do you want to do, do you want to cover kind of like how you understand them to like deal with us in this country deal with eating disorders do you want me to go through that ah you start okay so the way that is generally dealt with as as to to my knowledge um is it's very one there is not enough support two there is not enough anything (laughs) there's not enough anything (laughs) three (laughs) there's not enough like there is not enough support there is not enough research there is not enough approaching this from the right direction and i know as a therapist like you have like these views as well um and i'm gonna say this is an opinion because i don't think we can say this is like fact but opinion eating disorders are not a food issue they are a mental health issue they are they are way beyond like they are way beyond an eating issue but the way that they are dealt with in this country certainly in this country i don't want to speak for others because i don't know they are dealt with as a food issue so certainly if you are struggling with um we'll talk i uh, i'll talk about mainly kind of restrictive and anorexia in this kind of in this aspect because this is to do with like inpatient care and Mm. this kind of stuff you will not be taken in for treatment unless you are a certain weight so as in you are a certain low a low enough weight 
which already opens up a whole uh, a whole can of just very frustrating worms on this partly the main the main reason being that it is identifying this eating disorder as the problem is is that in and yet i no i need to preface this by saying if you are at a point where you need medical like care like you mm. need you need to eat or you are going to die putting you into an inpatient clinic where you need to be fed until so that you do not die yeah i i mean at this point yeah that's probably the help you need the problem is is most people do not fit into that category with eating disorders most people are not at that point but they still struggle with eating disorders thus they are not there to get the support that they feel they need and i have heard stories of people deliberately dropping weight so that they can get support because they're like i am not alone enough where and this might be news to some people um but i if i am you know if i do not if i'm not a low enough weight or bmi or whatever it is i will not be given this help um which i just think is absolutely fucking awful um and then the kind of the the way that it's generally dealt with in this country is we feed you up so it's very food it's it's very very food and weight bo- uh, focused so we feed you up we need to get you to a certain way uh and then off you go you're recovered and their view of recovery is you have reached a certain weight and my belief of why they do this is because it it's a very def it's black and white mm-hmm. ticks a box mm-hmm. uh normally it's it is it gives it some sort of time cap ish so it will give you like okay like this is how long we think it'll take off you go in my eyes i just it's like that's an like an issue within itself but it's just dealt with in in my in my opinion completely the wrong way um the idea that you being a certain weight means you are recovered i think is absolutely bullshit i think it's awful like especially if you view it as i do which is like it is not a food issue it is like it is a mental health issue um and I just think it it then leaves so many vulnerable people that need so much help um, not receiving it, and then and also not receiving it in the appropriate way. Um, I think was there. A, like, I mean, we've had plenty of discussions. Is there any kind of bits that I missed, like in terms of like, no, I think, describing the process? Yeah, or... I, th- I think I think as well as I think there's normal. Well, I mean, this is as you said, this is kind of from limited knowledge but what seems to be the case is that there is i do i think there are psychological treatments are offered alongside the kind of like whatever they call like the feeding program or whatever. yeah yeah, yeah but yeah, i do yeah. oh yeah like, they do offer some yeah. but i think it's limited to the time that you're in there yeah. until you gain the weight or lose yeah, the weight or whatever yeah. the requirement is that you're, yeah. you're being asked to do um as far as i know and yeah. that may be changing and i hope it's changing um but i think like you said i think the the it feels like there's not enough one it feels like there's not enough known about any of it mm. um i did um my research project on i mean it was a very very small scale research project so i probably can't like draw very much from it that would be useful in this and it wasn't on um it was on very particular types of therapy with you know very very particular experiences um but i think what I found when I was looking for research on it was that 
there was certain types of from a kind of therapy point of view certain types of therapies research with it um and often the thing that was being taken into account for a measure of success often not always but often was um reduction of behaviors um and bmi they were the two factors and what i would say is that if if you are being given support in such a sort of in that one setting and you're and i think from what and i know this only from sort of things i've heard from people um, documentaries I've seen um, yeah. experiences I've spoken to other people who have worked in these sorts of, uh, sorts of areas have said that these things are quite heavily controlled so like for example you know there's certain times that you eat there's things you're not allowed in, in if you're in an inpatient centre in terms of like you're not allowed things in your room you're not allowed certain snacks so a reduction in behaviours kind of seems like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not allowed yeah. to <laughs> Of course there will be a reduction in behaviours of course there will be weight gain weight loss whatever the goal achieved the goal is and I completely can see that in an underfunded area I don't you know I have no criticism for the people who are working in such an underfunded under-researched area because Mm -hmm. I'm sure that they are all wanting the best for people and doing the best they can but the result is that people aren't being people i think a lot of people feel really um like lost alone not um considered of like i remember hearing stories of people having to travel miles and miles like young people miles and miles away from parents to be in an inpatient mm. facility um and then what you know if you go in and and you come out as you know with a with the correct bmi whatever that might be and you know you haven't had these certain behaviors it's then back out into life and how hard that is is then for people Mm -hmm. and I just feel my my sense of it and again just speaking from really limited knowledge and and one of the reasons that I think I'm glad we're having a chat like this is because it it, like I want to know more about it yeah yeah. um and I know you're always looking to sort of learn more about it because of the people that we both support but it feels like there needs to be more options. Yeah. Th- this yeah. one option. I know that the problem is that yeah. involves funding and yeah. <laughs> I just don't think that's there. But it feels like it's not... Um, it's not looking at individual people. It's not looking at... It's mm. the problem... My issue sometimes with the word disorder, and I don't mean I have an issue with it in the way of it shouldn't. these things shouldn't be taken really seriously... But sometimes I think when the word disorder is put on the end of something, it can make people generalise it in a way that means, well, we can just, all of the people with this disorder, we can treat like this. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're all, they all have this, so they're all the same. Mm. And that's just, again, it's just not, that's not what human beings are. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I also recognise the value in having some generalized way of recognizing when people fall into certain categories that need help i do recognize that too not completely but i think there's i would love to see more opportunity for people to have some choice in treatment and maybe that is happening maybe my thoughts on this are a bit outdated i don't know things are changing all the time and i would hope so but when i was looking 
there were only certain treatments that were recommended and, and again treatment is feels like quite a short-term word doesn't it yeah. it feels like like take this pill and you will no longer struggle yeah, with food yeah, yeah. and as we've both said all of these things anything that you want to change about something you're finding difficult is probably a long process it probably isn't a yeah especially for something you've dealt with for such a long time um yeah so no and it's i think you're you're exactly right there needs to be and i can um i will check with the person that this is okay otherwise i'll cut this out but i currently know someone who is going through the process yes um and it's shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's really fucking shit and there does only seem to be one option if you're going through the nhs unless you privately choose to outsource other ways of you know other therapies or whatever mm-hmm. this is it yeah this is our system this is how you go through it and this is how you're going to heal this is how you're going to get better mm-hmm. off you go and if you don't like it you're out our system and you've told us that you don't need our help it's I, don't, I just you know and i think it's just it's just absolutely it's just such a like closed-minded way of like thinking about it and like you say it is a lot of issues with funding and it's a very tick box type yeah. way of dealing with it, and and I just, I mean, for I I don't know. I think there's there's so many. It's just the wrong way of going about it. And again, I just I know a few details about it um, through this person. But for example, when you're in these scenarios and you know you're made to kind of eat these certain things, you you have no choice about. So obviously from their point of view, they're trying to go, okay, well, you need to eat. You are you are not capable of making decisions, basically, mm-hmm. is what they're saying. You can't be trusted. You cannot be trusted, so you're going to eat this. So you're like, I don't like tomatoes. Tough. You have to. No, 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 no. I really don't like, like, this isn't like a, this isn't like a food yeah. avoidance issue. Mm-hmm. And this is where there's a bit of a, like, you know, they're, from their point of view, they're like, okay, you're avoiding this food because for x reason xyz or whatever might be the case Mm. also might be the case that you really fucking don't like tomatoes yeah and as any person you are allowed to have choices over foods that you do and do not like but the way that they approach it and i know this as of this year that is what they are told you have to eat this is what you're eating and i just i in so many ways that's wrong like in my eyes i just how is that helping someone like how I I just don't under ugh, and I don't the, understand. It's interesting to me that I can I can I I feel that it's wrong too. Yeah. But I'm going to say that first. Yeah. Um, I can like I can see the logic. Yeah, there, I can as well. Yeah, and yet the minute that person, any person in one of these like places leaves, bombarded with choice. Yeah. So. So yeah, it's like I said, you know, if the behavior, if you if you force someone to not do certain behaviors because you are physically not making that possible yeah. by what, what you know by force, however that is, you know, you're not allowed to overexercise because we're gonna lock the doors and you're gonna sit in a tiny room. I don't yeah. know. That's not, that's not something yeah. I say they do. I'm just yeah. trying to think of an example where you could force someone not to. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna you know whatever whatever it might be. Um. With force, of course, you can obtain results. Yeah. 
And and I I also acknowledge that for some people, if they are at the point of you know it's like absolute risk. Yes. Then yes, sure. If it's okay. life or death. Yeah, at that ex- point, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But I just think that's a that's a short term. That should be the the absolute last resort. Like that should be the last resort kind of. And it should be packaged within such a bigger range of options for people. Yeah, it's like, here's step one to step ten. This is, if if you're at that point, that's step one. Yeah. But we we need to do a whole lot of stuff, like, after that. Yeah, like, this is the point where we've got got to look after your safety from a real, like, emergency point of view. And here's the steps we're going to take after that. That, like, I just think people should be empowered. Yeah. (laughs) Because... You know, surely, like, you know, I, and I don't pretend to know. I like, I feel, I feel conscious that I don't, I don't want to sound like I think I know what the right way would yeah. be, but it just seems like one way for everyone yeah. is not. And I, I'm, yeah. and I know that people recover going into inpatient, and I also know that lots of people don't. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know the statistics, but I know the 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 amount of people that relapse is just yeah. horrific. I don't know the stats, but yeah. it's not. It's not wholly successful yeah. in the grand scheme of yeah. things. And and th- I think maybe also the way it's promoted, um, maybe that's a... Com- and, and again, I'm not, not, like, I'm not saying I've got any answers, but even the way that it might be referred to as you are recovered now. Yeah. And um, what, yes. You know, yes. it would almost more be like, right, now we're at... If, if, this, if that was the treatment package, now we're at... I would view it more as now we now we can start. Yeah, yeah. yeah now yeah, we yeah, can yeah, start. Yeah. Now know, we can start the real is, work. Yeah, yeah, this is the process to get to your, and and what does that look like for you? What would you? And again, like part of me just feels like isn't it like shouldn't there be an element of what to be added back in? And I'm not saying that all of this responsibility falls on just NHS cuz like it's really stretched, but like I just think societally we have a bit more of a responsibility to like yeah. care about people <laughs> I don't know yeah. and, I, and I think as well bringing in a bit of and I understand this is a really tricky area because where if you are in a if you are in a point where from a medical point of view yeah you are not deemed to be able to make sensible decisions yeah. that's like one side of it but again it's this like like you said it's this one package way of it's like there is a huge like spectrum of people. Yeah. A whole lot of them can also be encouraged and being and be given autonomy yes. to make their to make to be guided mm-hmm. with support to make decisions to improve their life within like their their eating disorder or whatever it is. And it's yeah. it's this kind of thing of like you you know, you can't make a decision. We're gonna take autonomy away from you. Yeah. We are making your decision for you, and it's just like there's there's just, there's there's probably a huge amount of scope there to be able to allow people to do that. Um, and it's it's just it's a you know eating disorders are a hugely complex ish, issue, and I don't think they're treated like one. No. And again, I was just gonna pick it up. Actually, it's like you said the term recovery. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yes. What does recovery mean? Yes. And this is the thing again. They say you are this weight, it's all weight-based again. Yeah. And like, or you are, you're recovered. Yeah. What does that even mean? Like, it's, yeah. that's not, re- like in my eyes, that's not recovery. Yeah. But again, goes back to giving that person a bit of, what do you want your life to look yes. like? What does, because what does this look, what does a life, yes. it, you know, 
a recovered life look like, look for, like you. for you yeah. and yeah. and for some people and I think it would be far more realistic to say for some people that is not expecting them to not have ever have a problem with no. food again because no. like honestly like you know you and I have diff- like both have different experiences of yeah. you know whatever you know issues around food whatever and we've talked about them a lot and for me I would I would be like chastising myself constantly like criticising myself constantly if I were to look at my, the way I live now which I see as like I'm like I'm living the vida loca <laughs> like <laughs> I feel pretty good yeah, right now yeah, yeah. comparative to like you know many other times in life but if I were to look at the way that I am with food mm. it is not perfect it is not like what is what is that yeah <laughs> like, it doesn't like, exist no and yeah. actually um Gabor Mate's new book <laughs> I'm now gonna promote, I haven't even read it <laughs> it's called The Myth of Normal and I love that title and I want it tattooed on me somewhere yes. I'm not obviously not gonna do that but like what is normal and Doesn't people exist. should be able to judge that for uh, within yeah. reason yes obviously safety considered and I know I would never want people to feel like if they've got people in their life who are really struggling and they're scared for them yes and the person doesn't see that then obviously that's a whole other thing but like if you are someone who is is like having difficulty with food even like the the thing of early early support would be Mm great and also like on a societal level i feel like i said this about everything it sounds really sort of like come on revolution but equally (laughs) we live just like mr mate says you know these things are a manifestation of toxic culture Mm. like there will be biological reasons why why somebody may be more likely to struggle i'm sure and there will be you know personal reasons but we also live in a world that sort of encourages this you know sort of encourages all of the things we've talked about because it's so blaming people for stresses that are in a world and and again i'm not i would like to strike a really fine balance between i believe so much stuff has to come from ourselves and i also think it's really important to recognize that the world we live in right now doesn't allow for a lot of the things that would help you know mm. so you ha- and i do believe there are ways to help yeah. um but blaming people for not accepting the one narrow line of support that is offered to them because they don't think it will work for them or they can't access it or that's not what they know that's not right for them yeah and then there's nothing else like what is that it just doesn't feel right and yeah yeah and i think as well it's um the kind of segue that took us into this is like that i think is really huge with like eating disorders um amongst many things is this thing of like taking something away from someone yeah and if you are someone who this isn't just eating disorders this is like loads of stuff this ties in very well to the documentary that i was watching the um afflicted yes. one that i was telling you about about chronic conditions yes i started watching yeah it. Oh, so good i've only watched a little bit so but yeah. good. <laughs> um when if you are someone that lives with something and then you take it away from them yeah 
like you're saying like taking away like advice or like yeah. whatever it is with no support mm. like that's fucking scary yes, like and that's so that's such an unknown place and if that's all you've known like i don't know especially i think it's probably the longer you've been in it so you know if you've had eating disorder for you know 20 30 years or you've had a chronic condition for 20 30 or whatever mm. and then you just whip that away from someone yeah that's that's and it's they talk a lot about this kind of on the documentary later on as well it's oh, like right. this idea that you know something becomes your identity yes. and i know we've had yes. discussions about yeah, this yeah, 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 something yeah. it becomes you know that's your that's your identity that's that's all you know yeah and then so this whole idea of like you know obviously because we are talking about the world of like eating disorders and the 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 past that they you know we are told you need to go down to get mm. better. Like you say, if you're just putting someone in an inpatient or even an outpatient or whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. and then you go, you're re- quote unquote recovered. Mm. And then you've left this person like with like, who, who are they? They, you know, you are potentially leaving them in a position where they don't, not just only dealing from a practical point of view with like, how do I now manage like my behaviors and all this kind of stuff. But the, and you, I'm sure, again, you probably know a lot more about this than I do, but, like, taking taking a huge part of someone's life like that is just, you know, that's all that person thinks about. That's all they yeah. do. That's all they know. Their days revolve, revolve mm. around it. Their lives revolve around it. And then whether a person... and um, Whether a person enjoys being in that state or not, isn't always relevant you know you can be in a you can be in a state you can have a condition and not enjoy it and not be happy yeah but it's still a comfort yeah and it's like a purpose yeah a lot of the time yeah 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 and yeah i think like you say it's, it's like a big part of identity and identity like i'm sure everyone has been through you know when you get to a certain age you've been through lots of different stages of identity within yourself like and each time there's a change, mm. it can be, it's so unsettling. Yeah, like, yeah. even when, like, like again, I think this is a conversation we've had recently and I'm smiling because, like, it made me smile when we had it. But sometimes I have now learnt that when I'm feeling uncomfortable because change is happening, that can be a really cool mm. thing. Like, that can mean something is coming that feels... Like, that means I'm growing, that means I'm... Yeah. But when I first start feeling it, I hate... Like, I... I'm not a fan of change in terms of my automatic response to it. No. It's like yeah. my body goes, no, 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 because it's uncertainty. And as we've said with many of the things we've talked about today, certainty feels like safety, feels like comfort. Yeah. And if you have had, like it's it's rules to live by, isn't it? Yeah. And how comforting is that? People, lots of people have different rules to live by, whether that's like a religion or a philosophy or, a, you know, and those give comfort to people. And I think you know people kind of see these things as like disordered and again I'm not taking away from that that word helps people get support and that it can help people to feel like well this is what's going on for me and that can feel really helpful but also what it's saying is something wrong with what you're doing and actually if what you're doing is giving you structure and purpose and in a world where you don't feel you have that you're just trying to protect yourself you're just trying to keep yourself safe and that's such a logical reaction yeah like such a logical reaction and people are told 
well, you're that's a you know what a weird way to do it, what a disordered way to think, mm. and that's not to say yes, okay, go and carry on if mm. that's not something that's making someone feel good and it's putting them at risk. But what else needs to be put in place then? Yeah. You know, what else can this this what else can give this meaning, this order, this? Yeah. And that's you know, if if I was working with someone in in therapy, that's what I would be looking at. Yeah. Um, and also, I do think it's important. One of the things I got from my own little tiny tiny weeny research study was that um because I was researching if the type of counselling I do um the type of therapy psychotherapy counselling whatever you want to call it that I am trained in would be helpful because it's not often recommended like there's nice guideline recommendations it's not not recommended right it's just not mentioned Um, it's like you've got these certain ones that are and in my mind I was very open to like maybe it's because it doesn't help and that's okay like Mm. not everything can help with everything and what I actually found was I think there could be a really good a really good place for it and I'm not just saying that because it's what I practice but I just mean even if it's not therapy within support for people with eating disorders to have one space where they're not being told what to think what to do that they shouldn't be yeah that they're not being bombarded with expectation and that they're actually allowed to talk about their eating disorder in you know in kind of full obviously safety underlying yes, that yeah of course yeah and not be judged for it and not be told well you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be doing that because guess i think that'd be fucking huge yeah. Yeah. yeah guess what they're being told that everywhere else yeah. it's like the um if you want to go kind of the other way with it um it's like i think i i can't remember who i saw say this the other day but they were talking about you know the advice that people are given to lose weight it's like you know, when, um, like, they're saying to uh, fat people, you know, like, you're fat, you need to lose weight. Guess who doesn't need to be told that they're fat? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Guess who doesn't need to hear that they're fat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they know. Yeah. Like, and I say that as someone who's bigger, like, like, people know. Like, they don't need to be told. Mm. Like, and the same with people who are any of these things, any behaviour that people think is undesirable, again, in quotation marks, all you will have in your life is people telling you not to do that. Yeah, yeah. If that had, if that was helpful, yeah, people would not need this. Yeah. So whilst I think there's a place for people to, you know, nutritionists yeah. to give guidance, yeah. for doctors to give support, I also think there's a place to have one spot in that person's kind of experience yeah. of someone who has no other agenda than just to understand what it's like for them and to try and work out together what way they can get to a point of that feels good for them yes and even if all that space is just space for that person to go for fuck's sake all of these other people are telling me what to do and this is how it feels for me like yeah that's i don't know i think there's a place for it but yeah i completely agree but i think again that comes to the zooming out and going i guess a bit like how you say like you know not that having like labels and stuff isn't not helpful at all in some cases but just zooming out yeah and just going this is just a person that is dealing with this 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 and this yes eating disorder or otherwise how can we help this person yeah and how can this person have a space where they and again because if we are looking at eating disorders as a hugely complex issue Mm. with you know there's a huge amount going on there um and it needs to be treated as such. Like, yes. and it, you know, there are some things that might not even be eating disorder, like in the traditional like mm. senses we're told, 
related. One, for example, being OCD. Mm. Big crossover there. Mm. Like, again, another label. But it's just like, it's just having this thing of just going, yeah, just having a space and just going like, you know, what what is it that you want? What is it you want? What is it you don't want? What do you want from life? What do you like? But it's, yeah, I think having this thing of like, shoehorning like people into this category of like you have this eating disorder you have this sometimes yeah maybe not so helpful like um and 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 like like i say like sometimes definitely helpful yes but but the bit that just like you just said the bit that is unhelpful is then you lose you sometimes lose the person like you can lose if you are labeling someone by what you think is wrong with them and I'm really conscious as well to say that I know that a lot of people I know there's loads of conversations about kind of person first have you ever heard person first language versus um, and it kind of comes in most with like disability like people saying a person with a disability versus a disabled like disabled I have a disability I'm disabled and a lot of people who are disabled I've heard speaking about this and saying actually I am disabled and don't say a person with a disability because that's kind of like cool. you're saying there's something wrong with a disability yeah, yeah, I, get I that. think it's a slightly the thing I'm saying is slightly different to that yeah oh, it just feels like important no I think no that. I think that's a really um, important thing to I, I've not heard people say that before but yeah. I can completely uh, like understand saying that. a person with autism versus autistic, autistic. Like, yeah. it's kind of like and, and each no, person will be individual but so no, I would always want to use the language a person wants to use. If a person wants to describe their experience with an eating disorder as, um, you know, I have an eating disorder, mm. I am anorexic, I would use what language they yeah. use because that's what it means to them. But what I think it can do sometimes with kind of anything with disorder on the end is it can make people just make wild assumptions about what that means about that person. Like you say, not see the full person. Like not zoom out, just see, Mm. you know, the DSM-5 list of what that means about them, uh, which is the manual that kind of um, gives criteria for disorders. That's what doctors and psychiatrists will use to diagnose somebody. Which, you know, and people may, may come up with all those things, but you kind of then miss, you know, you know, um, Jiminy Billy Bob yeah. has all these things and really loves going outside and does surfing and yeah. used to do this and no longer does it and you know has a really ill grandma and do you know what I mean like you miss all of those bits and they all matter to what's happening with this you know thing that's happening for this person I think um yeah. Yeah, and working, and I uh, it working, and I get this is as far as I understand, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, in terms of different like approaches of various therapies, where it's like, uh, this is more of like this is how we're appro- this is the program, boom, boom, boom. This yeah. is how we're approaching it. So again, correct me if I'm wrong, but mm. potentially more like CBT type stuff. Yeah, I think so. Whereas it's like, come with me with what your thing is today. Yes. It doesn't matter yes. if we're going to go off on loads of these different yeah. forks and that's like, that's okay because we are working again with the person. Yes. yes. And whatever the thing is today, if it doesn't, like we're going on that and we're working with the person that's in front of us yes. on that day, in that moment, in that time. Yes. Um, and like you say, like if you're going down that kind of route of like, this is the diagnosis, this is the thing yeah. we put them in. It's like, you've got so many opportunities to like, missed opportunities. Yes to pick up all these other things that could be so so freaking relevant yeah. like so re- i mean they could some of those little nuggets could be the freaking answer 
to helping that person recover or yeah. to get to a better place and I just oh it's just um I thought it was worth as well like when you were touching on that in terms of how you identify like a person yeah. or talk to them that's a really interesting one in terms of like conditions I guess and how someone refers to themselves yes um like I, whether you read into that I don't know like how if they say I am this as opposed to I am a person with this mm. does that like I don't know does that like is that reading too much into it like in terms of like what them means how that. much they've how much they've identified with a condition mm. like if like if you're looking at like um them as like the person mm. and like their like I like, do you know, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I am. Yeah. We could tell you if it helps to use an example. Yeah. We can, like, because obviously we don't want to breach anything with anyone that yeah. either of us are working with. But, like, for example, if I were to be mm. diagnosed with anxiety, and I'm like, and I was at one point in my life. That's though, a good one, yeah. And, and I did, yeah. I remember us having a conversation about it, I used to heavily identify with generalised anxiety disorder label, and I yeah. and I believed that about myself, and I really don't now. Mm. Um, but, I think it's also really worthwhile to say that in the kind of counselling that I do, there might be other types that would instantly go, hmm, what's that there? Mm. With me, I tend to, as much as I physically can, trust the person at their word like if someone comes into me and yeah, says yeah, yeah. i want you know I, this is what i have and this is who i am i'll go okay that's that's who you, yeah. that's what you have and that's who you are and then as our relationship builds if there are moments where i feel like it's appropriate to if there's something that's coming up for me that i like i can't i keep thinking this i keep thinking this and it's because i'm trying to be honest with that person as well and genuine mm-hmm. like i'm never trying to pretend anything about myself which yeah. again like i think can be quite unique i'm never trying to pretend i know more than they do about anything or like yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah yeah but i might say to someone like if we had a good relationship if i felt it was appropriate i might ask someone about that about how they feel about that label about what does that mean to them mm. um not trying to sort of pick it apart but yeah and not, and not with any sort of agenda to be like oh come on like tell me that you sudden like that this means something for you but because I think I had to come to that realization myself and and I don't mean that people have to come to realization god there's so many disclaimers um I think if that label remains important to that person that's fine Mm. it can what who am I to say it can't but what I'm saying is that I took it on board because I was the kind of person then it was important, like, I took it as validation. Yeah. It was validation yeah. for for what it was like I could say to people, look, really, genuinely, it's not just me making this up. The doctor has told me. <laughs> like, yeah. doc gave me a note. And yeah. that was important to me at the time. And I think through self-compassion and, like, sort of personal empowerment and work on myself, I've now come to a place where I don't feel that that's that's anything to do with who I am Mm. and I think whatever place you come to once you've done enough kind of I don't know like you've been able to give yourself like self-compassion and you've Mm. been able to you might still be in a place where you feel like that's a really important label for you and there are certain labels in life that are really empowering for people like you know yeah and this is a whole nother like a whole nother thing and that's and that's fine too 
like I don't that my kind of thought about a label or a, you know a, whatever is but all I don't want it to do is ever be an excuse for professionals and I include like anyone in my profession in mm-hmm. that to to boil someone down to a list of traits in a book <laughs> like that yeah. doesn't feel okay yeah so, that's sorry. so interesting no in terms what of like about that, no I? no no oh no I, I find it fascinating um and I think just in terms of I guess maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much but like that might be a bit more like a kind of psychiatrist level in terms of like how heavily someone identifies with something yes. like like you say like I I am anxious mm. as opposed to I have anxiety I am anorexic. Yeah. I have an- I have mm. anorexia. Like how close like mm. is in like is someone's ability to be able to come away from that mm. dependent on how closely they identify. And this is stuff that because I'm doing a lot of like yes. self work on like I ide- like identity and ego and all that kind of stuff yes. at the moment. Like how closely you identify with something mm. then making it easier to so and I I guess that's I I, again correct me if I'm wrong your kind of your line of thinking generally about like labeling things is like sometimes that can make it harder to move away from it sometimes or not really like by not giving something a label mm. you don't it then become yeah. like for your so for example yeah. in yeah. your instance yes yeah. yeah maybe that did you feel like you did go through a bit of a transition where it's like okay like I have anxiety this is this and actually yeah. when I come away from that label I am then empowered to start, I feel like it opens up freedom to be able to start working on myself and other things. And like, is that transition from someone who, let's say an eating disorder says like, you know, I have, I have anorexia, I have binge eating disorder, I have bulimia, to being then coming away from that as Mm. just a smaller part of it and not seeing it as your identity. Yeah. To then be able to then go, okay, because I don't, and I think it's huge, again, because I'm doing a lot of work on identity yes, and ego yes, work, yes. I think it's very important. But I don't know, yes, like... Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I do agree with what you're saying. And I think it can be really, that can be a really unsettling yeah, and amazing yeah, realisation. Yeah. And for me, it was, like, to come away from that. And I don't, I can't, like, the process was so slow mm. and so intertwined with everything else I was learning about. I don't think I there was ever a conscious moment where I suddenly went, stopped identifying oh yeah and, I, and also the important bit is i don't no one ever told me to and no, that's why that's yeah. what i'm getting at yes. i would never i would never have it as an agenda to stop someone referring to themselves in the way that feels comfortable yes. for them and i would always use that language and i think sometimes that may remain important and also like i said there's certain scenarios where that label is really important yeah. because because like like i said you know um like being disabled like there are certain like there are certain ways in which not using that term for people denies their experience and that's just like feels not okay the way that society works as well like because it's it's not about you know it's but but anyway going back to what what you were saying i think it's just more giving people the it's giving the grey option too. Mm, yeah. Like that's the whole, that's more and more what I kind of see part of what like therapy can do, what what any what any sort of like self-exploration can do is the, the, the kind of 
black and white thinking is quite a CBT term, but, it, but that's what describes it well. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that too, but it's just not what I'm trying to know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's that, it's coming out of that and being able to consider, it's, it's having the space to go, am I is this what feels right for me or am I, is that, does that feel right for me because that's what I've been told? Mm. Did I ever realise there was another option? Like, I don't think I realised, I thought if someone told you you had anxiety, that that's what you had, that that's like, that's a diagnosis, that's a doctor, that's a person who knows what they're talking about. And I'm not saying they don't. Mm. And in some circumstances, people, that is an accurate way to describe their experience. Yes. And perhaps if you'd said this to me five years ago or however long ago, longer than that probably, that I would have gone, what? They don't believe me. They think that what I'm saying, they're not taking me seriously. And actually, no. The way I view it is that I take each person completely seriously at their word, at what they're saying in that moment, and I see them as a full person because of that. Rather than... I just see you as this. Yeah. I see you as, you know, and I'm, and that's allowed to be flexible, like you said. Yeah. Like, um, I think, I don't know if I've gone off topic. <laughs> There's so much to talk about with this. But um, you were saying about um, some more structured, like, types of therapy and, and things and the beauty of kind of the kind that I do that I feel is the beauty of it is that it can be, it's free. I'm not going in with an agenda of what that person has to yeah. do. They can bring whatever they want to. But also what that means is that if that person comes to me and says, oh, the lack of structure in this feels uncomfortable, we would explore why that feels uncomfortable. But if it felt, you know, if something was helpful to have, like actually it would be really helpful for me if at the start of each session we just sort of had a bit of an outline of how we were going to do it, I'd do that. Because I want to, what what I'm aiming for is that person to feel empowered. Yeah. Like you have a choice in this place. Like when you come here it's about you and you get a choice yeah and I think that would be like amazing if people could have that in more areas of of life like oh with the type yeah. of help that they get yeah yeah so. 100% and yeah I think this kind of just goes back to the main root of like why I get so frustrated with with the way that I know the the kind of the eating disorder route to to kind of go down and it's just yeah it just I just think it's so it's so narrow-minded and there could just be so many other ways to explore it um with and like you say it is a big it is a big issue um and we're waiting for you to do your master's thesis and then your PhD so that we can uh, solve the issue um uh... mate I I am avoiding academic work for a while if I can (laughs) but no it just it just needs like it just needs so much more Mm. and I don't I don't know again I don't know enough about why yes I know there's always the issue of money and funding and stuff like that but when like you consider like I'm pretty sure again I I don't think I'm wrong with this stat that like anorexia in like certain mm. age range has the highest mortality yes. rate of it. it's like the fuck yeah and why is this like and that's not changed that's not getting better so look at the thing what this is not correct like we need to be not saying I have all the answers but the the, the way we're dealing with it ain't right um it's you know and it just I don't know it just makes me really angry and again just because I work in an industry where eating disorders can be very prevalent um 
it's I you know I see it and even if it's not you know eating disorders it's I see people going down that slippery slope and I just kind of sometimes even you know see it a little bit uh you know sometimes sometimes I actually wonder if I've managed to catch people before like because I've seen people go down behave and I'm like no 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 I can see where this is going we need to nip this in the bud and just get that support earlier on yeah Um, but this is the thing I mean about like like a bigger zoom and like wider support it's not just like I feel like saying that any one thing is going to be the thing that solves any problem for someone you know it's just therapy it's just um going into some sort of you know treatment facility it's just fitness no 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 all of these things and connection to your family and friends and you know like boring stuff that takes a long time to see any result like making sure that you like get enough sunlight and vitamin like all of those like i just think it's such a whole picture none of those one things would be for for any for almost almost anything i think that we want like and again all of this is just my opinion I feel like i'm like standing on a soapbox a little bit i don't mean to be um but it's just a, what i feel that we are looking for straightforward clear cut fixes for mm-hmm. things that are human and humans are messy and need yeah like we need like whole worlds of stuff going on and i think you kind of if you get that for one thing, it would help in other areas. Like if you support people who are struggling with food, that support is probably going to be relevant for people who are struggling with other things because the really what we're dealing with here is people who are coping in different ways to different stresses. And if generally the world is more supportive and has more options for people to add the good stuff in, Mm -hmm. then, you know. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's, that's a message that I have given multiple times and will continue to do um is like you have permission to find this shit difficult yes like with nutrition like specifically with nutrition i mean with it all anyway but i've 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 put it out there specifically with food nutrition like you have permission to not feel like you've got your shit together with this this is really fucking hard Mm. um that's okay (laughs) yeah like you know and it's understand that you know the reasons uh, all the stuff we've covered today that it's as i hope people have kind of gathered through this through this chat a lot of this stuff is so complicated and is so deep and has so many different there can be so many you know if you look at like you know you've got in the middle like your bubble which is nutrition and diet and then they've got all these forks coming out and these are all the things that could be the challenges or the reasons why you're struggling it's so fucking complicated like and we are as humans with behaviors we we are complicated food or not yeah like take food out of the equation like we are complicated you know Massively. beings animals um so like it's okay like it's okay to find it hard like and you know i think i think and also re-establishing like you're saying like whether we talk about recovery or whatever re-establishing what our end goal is yeah um and again another message that i always put out is like we need to get rid of the idea and this is the same with body image and i've said this about body image having body acceptance Mm. having a good relationship with food does not mean that you 
don't have days where you don't feel good about your body or you don't i'm gonna use air quotes fuck up your nutrition yeah like that's not the goal that is not the goal stop trying to make that the goal because it's not it's not it doesn't exist like so stop trying to make that the goal because you're never gonna get there and the it's my post that i put out today is the biggest thing you i think you can do in terms of aiding your relationship with food or your diet is get rid of your perfectionist mindset yes number one if you can get rid of that it's going to start solving like a lot of issues um if you're aiming for perfection then then you're always going to be feeling like you're failing or like you're not doing well enough yeah yeah um and i said actually to one of my clients like i don't know why i said this to quite a few but like i said like i she's struggling with kind of trying to find a balance between eating quote unquote like you know healthy foods or unhealthy foods Mm. or whatever and I was like you know you've got to remember that having that good relationship with food is and have being at a place where you're happy with it is is yeah 50% what you eat but it's it's also 50% what how you how it makes you it's not how it physically makes you feel Mm. or whether it's physically healthy for you like health is multifactorial so it's like yeah, health, like if you want to look at putting nutritious foods into your body, but if mentally you're not in a healthy place, mm. has it really solved? Is that health? Yeah. I would argue no. Mm. Um, and, you know, I said to I said to her, I was like, I have, I would say now and kind of for the past few years, when you look at my diet, I probably, it's probably the... I won't say the messy, messy is the wrong word, but like, um, I probably include more foods like of non-nutritional value. It's donut time. It's donut time. <laughs> than I ever have. But yeah, I think I've got the best diet I've ever had. Yes. So like, in one way they don't like, but like, I'm just like, yeah, because I have found peace with it. Yes. And I didn't have that before. And I've had times before where I've overly obsessed about eating healthy foods and clean, you know, like especially within the fitness industry when like clean dieting and clean clean eating, which is borderline going on like orthorexia, which for people that don't know is like an obsession with eating super, super clean foods and all that kind of stuff. I've definitely had a place where I, one in one sense, I was nourishing my body with these amazing foods. And yes, physically, maybe I was in like a suit, but I, I was restricting myself way too much. I was like, oh, I can't have that because that's not, that's that's got too many ingredients. Yeah. That's got too many chemicals. That's not healthy. So no, I wasn't healthy. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's just such a, like all of this stuff. Like, I think, I think the, for me, the biggest message with all of this is just zoom out. always zoom the fuck out and like you said like i think you know going from that like it's got to look like this and it's got to be perfect to i'd want to feel peaceful that's zooming out you know peaceful is not a that's not a something you can it's not tangible necessarily but you as a person will know when you feel it yeah so it's maybe takes a bit of experimentation maybe takes a bit of you know trial and error maybe takes a bit of going too far down the clean route and then go oh no no back to oh a bit too much of this but yeah. whatever the you know too many donuts bring it back it's <laughs> too much donut time when isn't it donut time six pack of donuts too much but um, no such thing as too many donuts no. but but i think yeah that's it and also like with the um 
I was just thinking when you were saying that, I was having a proud, proud for us moment. Uh. This is a bit self-indulgent, isn't it? But like, um, I think with the self-acceptance stuff, because I was just thinking Mm. when you were saying about finding, coming away from perfectionism, sometimes any sort of, even guidance like that, like how do you get self-acceptance? How do you, you know, like, oh, I must be self-accepting. I must be self-accepting. Oh my God, no, I'm not self-accepting. Like, that's not don't be perfectionist about that either my god like <laughs> like don't, don't put these things up as, as goals the the idea of it is the acceptance of you even when you're not accepting like that's that's like the meta like but I found the best way to get self-acceptance over time when I didn't have any was yeah. to be around people who I felt accepted yeah. me like you <laughs> and I think we've been that person for yeah, each other at different so, times yeah. if you've got one person you have it doesn't have to be a therapist it doesn't have to be a coach but if you've got someone who you feel really doesn't judge you like I think one of my friends I'm sure told me once that in um one of the support groups not sure which one it is but they have like a saying that's like let us love you until you learn to love yourself or something like that and like love i know it. i know oh. i know which again there'll be people rolling their eyes and going, For fuck's sake. Yeah, but yeah. but if you can find that and if you don't have that like there, there are places you can find that and people you can find yeah. that with and look for those people like look for the connies of the world and like look for people who are going to in, in areas of your life, like you're a trainer, you know, mm. people aren't necessarily thinking, oh, I'm going to sign up to Connie because she's going to teach me how to be self-accepting because she will not judge me. But yeah, yeah. when you're working with people in life, like, look for the people who who kind of have that as a value. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, are you, can, yeah. are you someone I can come to mm-hmm. and tell you on the worst week, you know? Yes. And I think for a lot of your clients, they will, they will yeah, feel that yeah, about yeah. you. And I would hope that the clients that come and see me would feel that. So, yeah. you know... And even and that can be anybody. It can be like you know, teacher if you're at school or a, you know whoever. But I think if you can seek out people who you feel like you can be your full self with, then yeah. eventually, hopefully, that comes back to you. And yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's sorry. Just this is completely off topic. But I just <laughs> have to, you just you know when you're saying like about trying to find if you try by trying to find self-acceptance like too hard is, <laughs> yeah. have you listened to any of the alan watts stuff yet no oh my oh god, my god no. so like um alan watts alan watts so for anyone who doesn't know he's just like your philosophical genius he's just brilliant um but he um there's one thing that he i can't remember exactly how he says it but one of his little speeches about by trying to like get rid of your ego that is your ego <laughs> and it's just like and he goes on this long thing i'm like and you're like fuck yeah <laughs> he's like so by doing it you are not doing it yes and so this quest to rid of your ego yeah. will never happen yes because you are always trying and i was like oh my god yes it's so brilliant but it's that kind of like totally thing. and i think that's why um in one of my again this is a bit off topic but it does relate but in the theory of like uh, like counselling psychotherapy that I study, one of the I think I said to you like when I first started hearing some of the terminology, it's like you know the kind of there's, they don't talk about goals. It's mm. not really goals, but it's you know kind of the way you would judge someone's like movement in therapy would be from um, openness to experiencing. Which I was like, what the hell does that mean? I don't yeah. know what that means. When I first started, I was like, God, why can't they just say what they mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then also from fixidity to fluidity. 
And now those things make so much sense to me. And I know why they word it like that, because to do anything else makes something that you are just striving for. It kind of makes it that it makes it I'm going to be the best at this. You can't be the best (laughs) openness to experiencing because openness to experiencing just means a growing openness from wherever you are. And fixidity to fluidity just means rather than having fixed ideals you become more yeah. fluid and loose and open yeah. to different ideas, different... And like, and then that's where the magic happens. Yes, yes. yes. So I totally yeah. get what they were by that now. But, yeah. but I didn't get what they meant. And I think it's because I didn't see... Well, how, would, how, do, I, how do I achieve those? Yeah. <laughs> how are you to tell me how to achieve? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. not what it is. Yeah, it's, it's not a like place. A, it's not a destination not, you're trying to get it's to. It's like yes. a, an experience. So. Oh, which opens oh, up so God. many other conversations, which I'd love to have. Anyway... <laughs> I think we'd better call it there before we go down the um, philosophical train for the next three hours. Dude, thank you so much. That was awesome. No worries. I think we covered a lot and I hope that has left some people with some, mind the pun, food for thought. (laughs) But no, seriously, like it's, it, hopefully that might just enlighten people, just give people a little bit more of an idea of stuff they hadn't before and... I think the main thing is hopefully, which is something I'm constantly trying to do, um, and I know you do in your work as well, is just trying to get people to change their perspective on how they look at stuff. Um, And this whole thing about like relationship with food, nutrition, dieting, disordered eating, eating disorders, whatever, it's like, let's just, let's look at it from lots of different angles um, because ultimately there are lots of different ways of looking at it and i think by doing that you that's where you open up you open up opportunities to help yourself help others all that kind of stuff totally cheers you're welcome